0: Let us pray for illumination. Gracious God, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will not pass away. Your word stands forever. May your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds so that we are awake to your presence, ready to meet you wherever and whenever you appear. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the 64th chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade away like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Thanks be to God.
1: The lectionary, as you know, is the it's a three-year plan of Bible readings that cleverly call your A, your B, and your C. Each week there are four readings from the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Letters, and the Gospels. It's a time honored way of moving preachers and congregations around in the Bible, so we won't just focus on our favorite book or or just on the passages that please us the most, because they seem to go along with views we already hold. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and it begins year B. But we start off not at the beginning of this Gospel of Mark, but at the 13th chapter. Now, in the 11th and 12th chapters, Mark had described various conflicts in Jerusalem, In the next chapter, the 14th chapter, Mark will start describing the week that leads to Easter. But in the 13th chapter, Jesus is talking with the disciples about things to come and about his second coming. Now as I read this passage, notice what two-word phrase gets repeated three times. Listen now for God's word for us today. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place, heaven and earth, Will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware. Keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore keep awake for you do not know when the master of the house will come in in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow, or at dawn or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. One hundred years ago, a Sunday school was started here and you know it became Berea Presbyterian Church. You know it not only because we celebrated that a lot in October at homecoming, but today, today I am celebrating something that happened a century ago, something really important to me, a lady named Daisy Christine Johnson, my mama was born on this day 100 years ago. Now when I was a Cub Scout way back in um, elementary school, that's what it is, <laughs> my den mother, my den mother was my mother. She believed that our group of boys, I mean cubs, needed to learn about what went on out in the great world. So. She organized visits to the newspaper, to the hospital, to the tobacco auction, to the ice plant, to the slaughterhouse, and all kinds of businesses in our little town of Douglas, Georgia, which was and still is about the size of Smithfield. But the Cub Scout field trip that, this particular scripture reading from the 13th chapter of Mark's Gospel The field trip that reminds me of was our tour of the Coca-Cola plant, the bottling plant. Coke came, for the younger ones, Coke came in bottles back then, not cans. (laughs) Well, after they showed us the bottle washer and the syrup mixing machine and the gizmo that pops the tops onto the Coke bottles, they showed us the inspector at work. The Coke bottles came streaming down a conveyor belt to where the inspector sat closely, carefully watching. Each and every bottle passed before a bright light that was supposed to let him see if there were any little chips of glass or other imperfections in each Coke before it was trucked out to vending machine, machines where kids like me could put in a nickel and be rewarded with a sweet, cold, delicious drink. What we call down in Georgia a Coca-Cola. <laughs> the reason I thought about the Coke inspector was that they told us Cub Scouts that this was a, such a tedious and boring job that a person could only do it for an hour at most. at a t- an hour at a time, a good inspector could be alert enough for that long, but not much longer. I was really impressed because I was sure I could not stay awake even an hour of my job to watch an endless line of Cokes passing in front of my eyes That, as my eyes got very, very heavy. <laughs> but wait. Before we focus on that last verse we read, let's look at the rest of those verses from Mark 13. One way to look at our text is to consider it in three sections. First, there are cosmic signs, and then there's learning from the fig tree, and then there's that warning in a parable. Well, first consider the cosmic signs in those first few verses. In those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light. And the stars will be falling from heaven the heavens will be shaken and what happens next well we'll see the Son of Man come in clouds great power and glory in these verses Jesus used dramatic images like the Sun moon and stars gone dark to describe God's coming rain the people that he was talking to they would be familiar with that kind of image because They had read those in the prophets like Isaiah or Ezekiel or Joel. Now after the cosmic signs, the second section to consider involves learning from the fig tree. From the fig tree learn its lesson as soon as its branch becomes tender, puts out leaves. You know summer's coming. Jesus uses the way the leafing of the fig tree signals the coming of summer to illustrate. Signs of God's coming reign, if we are alert to them. Though we are also warned that it's, it's useless to try predicting the day or the hour because it's something that only God knows. I remember uh, the son of a famous biblical writer, the son of G. Campbell Morgan, came to this little town of Douglas, and expected such a huge crowd they got the baptist church let us hold our bible study week in the baptist church and along the way dr morgan said you know i always thought if if i were the lord and someone guessed the right time and day i'd switch it (laughs) (laughs) well there are all kinds of things where people predict and they they do numerology and they do bible study trying to predict. But Jesus himself says, I don't know. Nobody knows but God. So, you know, trying to second-guess Jesus, I'd call that a losing proposition. Well, in the third section of our reading, the last three verses we read, they give us a warning in a parable. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. And then he talks about the man going on the journey and he leaves home, puts the slaves in charge, each with their work to do. And then he says, you don't know when he's coming back. So keep alert. Keep awake. Lest you be asleep when he comes suddenly. Well, we do not know when Jesus will come back. What we know is that he will. Advent, you know, is a a time of waiting, a time to prepare our hearts for the celebration of the birth of Jesus. The children of Israel, the world, was waiting for, hoping for the Messiah. They did not know how or when he would come, but they had faith. They had hope. Well, if you think about it, we are like them. We do not know when Christ will come again, but we have faith, we have hope that he will. This parable about the boss going off on a trip, leaving the workers in charge and warning them to be alert for his return, and they're not knowing when. This parable tells us to be alert, to be ready for Christ's return. If he comes back today or tomorrow or next week, will you be ready? So, we need to be working and we need to be awake. How can we do that? When our son Paul first had to do a lot of night shift work in his job at the Raleigh Rescue Mission, he got some good advice from a man who had experience keeping at work keeping awake at work all night long. Our own Johnny Wiggins. Paul told me that Johnny had mainly suggested two things. First, don't sit still, move around. And second, sip on something, whether it's a Pepsi or just cold water, but sip on something. Well, as he gained experience, Paul's added some things that worked for him The day before an all night shift, he exercises as much as he can and he naps or rests as much as he can. If you think about it, we can apply Paul's and Johnny's tips to ourselves as we follow Jesus' command to keep awake as we wait for the second coming. First, prepare ourselves. Second, don't sit still, keep moving. Third, rest and fourth, Hydrate, don't get all dried up. (laughs) Okay, so first, we need to prepare ourselves for stress, for adversity. Your life will include all kinds of challenges and problems and maybe even some tragedies. As snow and ice storms will approach this winter, just as they do when the hurricanes approach, government authorities will warn us to have our emergency kit ready, food and water for a week or two, Where are you going to put all that? First aid supplies, flashlights, and so on. Well, we need to keep our faith emergency kits ready, too. Now, you have to decide for yourself what you need in your faith first aid kit. I'd suggest a Bible, as well as a collection of relationships with friends and family and church family, people you can call on when you need them. Secondly, don't sit still. Keep moving. Now, perhaps you have already figured out, but I'll tell you, I am not a runner. (laughs) And it's not just because my knee surgeon said, don't do that. (laughs) But I have known many runners, and they all tell me they just don't, they don't like how they feel if they go without running for more than a couple of days. They get restless. Well health professionals these days have a handy saying for the goals they prescribe, eat less, move more. And even non-runners wear those little step counters, Fitbits and such, or do other things to somehow keep track of the steps they take, part of the move more half of that healthy goal. Well the third thing we need to do is rest. We live in an age that denies the need to rest, to be still, to be quiet, to take time, to think, to ponder, to rest. The world says, shop every day and twice on Sunday. (laughs) The world says, stay relentlessly busy. Busy, 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 you just gotta keep running, make yourself a list, and maybe even you need to multitask. Try and do four things at the same time. Not Not that anybody can do four things at the same time well. But there's a reason for that commandment among the 10 about the Sabbath. We need rest. We do need to contemplate. We need some time in our lives for calm and quiet without rushing and hurrying around. We don't just need to prepare ourselves for adversity and to keep moving and to rest. The fourth thing we need to do is, excuse me, Hydrate. (laughs) We need to avoid getting desiccated, all dried up and pruney. Most of us, when most of us were young, we never heard about hydrating, we just heard about you need to drink X number of glasses of water a day. But now they say hydrate by drinking, you know, X number of glasses of water every day. (laughs) I even heard one fellow said you need to drink an ounce of water for every pound you weigh. That could be a challenge. (laughs) That could be a challenge. Maybe we'll stay with that eight glasses of water a day. Well, whatever you call it, we know it's good for you. In the same way, we need to spiritually hydrate. That is, not let our faith get all dried up. We need daily disciplines that help us refresh and grow spiritually. For example, uh, one such discipline is reading the Bible each day and then quiet time to think about it and time to pray, to talk to and to listen to God. Now, some people prefer old-fashioned books like, like a translation of the Bible that speaks to you. Some like a devotion book, especially one that prompts you to think about your relationship with God and with the children of God in a fresh way. I bought one recently called Gift and Task. It, it has devotions that poke you in the ribs once in a while. Some prefer apps and the internet. There are all kinds of websites. I mentioned that d365.org. It was done for teenagers. But it's good for old folks too and they don't check your age when you come in. (laughs) And they have good music. Or there are daily Bible reading sites. There are all kinds of plans that will get you through the whole Bible within a certain length of time. Um, Our denomination, the Presbyterians, there's one set of daily readings and there's also a set of readings that we use in the lectionary each week. There are all kinds of resources there. We just have to put it on our to-do list. However you do it, find some way to keep yourself spiritually hydrated. Don't let your faith get all dried up. So I'll close with the words that Jesus used to close his talk to the disciples because those words were spoken and written both for them but also for you and me too. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Thanks be to God. In this in-between time that we live in, between the first coming of Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem and the second coming, when we will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, be alert, watch for the signs, And wait in hope. May the love of God uphold you. The light of Christ guide you. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy. Now and forever. Amen.